Okay, I'm here with Dave Hill, who is the renowned housing and London journalist and and the editor of the onlondon.co.uk blog, and Russell Pedley, who is co-founder of Asale Architecture, who specialise in building homes of all kinds. And, and gentlemen, we're here today to chat about what the forthcoming London Council elections are going to mean for the housing market, both in terms of uh, the, the, the changing political tides around London's 32 councils and uh, and also the, the you know some of the shakeups we've seen in, in planning policy of late. So uh, interested, Dave Hill. And firstly, let's just say massive congratulations for hitting your crowdfunding target recently, um, and and keeping independent journalism going at a time where massively under threat from everybody. So so massive cheers to you for for for, for, for getting that over the line. Um, having done that. What do you think, you know, we've got a pretty seismic election coming up and you're working on lots of fascinating research on that. What's what's the lay of the land for you right now? Well, looking ahead to the elections on the 3rd of May, I mean, the question that's been, that's come up uh, before this election and previous elections of various kinds is how much more dominant can Labour become? in Greater London, and each time there's an election and they become more dominant, you think, well, they can't possibly become any more dominant than this, and then the next election approaches and think, hey, they're going to become even more dominant. Now, there have been a couple of opinion polls recently which would must have terrified the Tories. Uh, it looks as if they could lose uh, uh, two, maybe three, flagship councils, including Westminster. A few weeks ago, we were saying Westminster, well, Labour people were saying to me uh, in Westminster, we think we can get a few seats and frighten the Tories. Now, if the recent polls are in to go by, they could even win Westminster for the first time ever. This will be extraordinary. What does it mean for housing supply in London? Well, whilst all that stuff is going on, uh, there are various crunch points that, which have been quite highly publicised. There is uh, a lot of what I call regeneration tension, which is often about housing supply. It's about a lot of other things as well. And on the one hand, we've got people saying... There is a housing crisis in London. We've been saying that for a while, particularly uh, an affordability crisis for people on low and middle incomes. And at the same time, people are saying development is going too fast. There's too much change going on. People are putting up blocks of flats all over the place. It's terrible. It's too much. And of course, sometimes they're the same people. The same people are saying we must have more housing, as are saying we've got too much housing coming to this area. So... There is a tension there, and it's one that I think all politicians of whichever party are having to think quite carefully about. Is um, it a tension, Dave Hill, or is it hypocrisy? Because, I mean, you, you, you highlight the point that <laughs> some people are sometimes the same people that want stuff and are calling for it and are there opposing it. And, you know, we, don't, we haven't got enough time to name names, but we <laughs> could do. And, and I would argue, and, and many would argue, that that's simply about self-interest, that people want to keep their house prices where they are. They're, you know, it's understandable that people don't like disruption and extra traffic on the roads. But yeah. uh, is, is, is what you're describing pure hypocrisy or I mean and if it's tension what, what do you think is driving it well it's a number of things I mean it, it, it to some extent it's nimbyism it, uh, uh, and what I said was a bit of an oversimplification because some people who are objecting to new housing developments in their neighborhoods are objecting to the specific kind of housing because they think it's too expensive it's not affordable enough uh, and you get this interesting you also uh, get people that don't like 
affordable as well, don't you? Yeah. So you get you, you get this sort of quite interesting place where the sort of you like the sort of Corbyn left and the conservationist right, if you like, uh, find some common ground. They're both against 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 sort of new stuff being built that they think is inappropriate, destroys the character, it's too expensive or whatever. So negotiating those tensions, I think, is becoming more and more difficult for politicians who want to build stuff. Now, the great example of that, the, the, the highest profile example of that, has been in Haringey, where we've basically seen the current leader of, of Haringey Council has decided to stand down, and that's really a consequence of the uh, political conflict within the Labour Party and the general turbulence that can be uh, that can be uh, uh, brought about uh, by housing supply and what kind of housing supply has come to a spectacular head in, in so that borough. So you think the Lend-Lease deal was was a potentially good thing that should have happened? Well, these these things are always very difficult because any kind of big regeneration scheme, you're going to have winners and losers. And you know, responsible politicians have got to try and weigh up the pros and cons and figure out which way to go. Now, if I'd been there, I would probably have gone for it because I can see, I can see the arguments for it. There are always problems. But what's so important about this is that this was, in some ways, a, a lower risk way for a, lo- a local authority to work with the private sector to, to increase housing supply across the spectrum. And yet it got a tremendous amount of grief from, in this case, the, 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 the Jeremy Corbyn left, who don't want to work with the private sector, don't trust the developer involved, and so on. So things really came to a head in a particular way in Haringey. But you see it in other places. So if you go right into the centre of town, we looked at Westminster, all the noises coming out of the the, uh, Labour candidates are uh, developers are, are, are too much in control of this borough. And, and that's why Robert Davis has effectively been booted out. So, so uh, the, the the Robert Davis thing has brought that to a head, and so this whole narrative about uh, developers and politicians being in some some boroughs and in some cases far too snug to the detriment of the neighbourhood and a lot of local people. That's the classic example of it. And so Labour are in that case they're saying. Developers are just getting out of control in this part of town. Up in Haringey, they were saying, we need to work with the private sector developers in order to, to solve our housing so, problems. So, so let me bring Russell Pedley in there. So, Russell, uh, you guys at sale obviously have been involved with numbers of uh, numerous estate renewal schemes. And, and, and what is it? I mean, there isn't a simple solution here, is there? Because this Lend-Lease still took a long time to come together and it, it, it potentially would have uh, you know, really overhauled Haringey, many would argue, in a very positive way. Do you think having, with that having happened, do you, do you think private developers are going to look again at these sorts of opportunities? Yeah, I mean, I can't comment on the detail of Haringey, but um, I do know from our experience that on these large uh, regeneration uh, schemes, where you involve the community in the design process, not just the you know, publicising what you're going to do, but actually involve them in the design process so that they feel connected with what's being proposed um, usually leads to much more successful outcomes. And I suspect it was more about people being told what's going to happen rather than, well, this is 
the range of things that could happen. Um, let's get together and work up a solution, if you like, community planning, community involvement is a much more productive way uh, and also it's uh, you know it's much more rewarding and produces all sorts of outcomes i genuinely enjoy doing that because i'm I'm listening to the client who wants certain things and i'm listening to the local authority who wants certain things when we go to these workshops with uh, residents or existing neighborhoods um, a whole new raft of things come out that basically glues the two together and, and but but saying that though does it ultimately not come down to what's being built ultimately is it not simply about how much affordable housing there is because when you look yes at- yes it does it, it does uh, determine that but there are so many different varieties of affordable housing um i mean some of the work that uh, we're doing at the moment where there is no distinction between affordable housing and private housing we're designing it all completely completely tenure blind for example in uh, build to rent in the private rented sector where there is housing that is discounted and people live next door it's pepper potted throughout the development people are on different rents depending on their own circumstances there's no issues with that it's just like buying an aircraft uh, seat you know at a different price the person next to you is definitely on a different because there's different circumstances, and I, I see that happening in, in certainly in the build-to-rent sector. This, could I come in? This, I mean, this whole question of, of, of community involvement, I think, is such an important one, especially at this time when there, are, there is quite a lot of oppositional mentality around the place. And you've described, I think, very eloquently one way in which it can work productively, and people who might be those most directly affected they might have the place it they becomes the glue down. that sticks the two sides yeah. together so um you know more and more and more often i go to sort of meetings and gatherings where people start saying well, it's really difficult to get sort of do regeneration schemes now because of you know opposition of one kind or another we've had this debate about in terms of housing estates um about resident ballots and we've seen sadiq khan shift his ground on that you know at one point he was against it and i'm sure that he had you know uh, councils that want to do a lot of development, Labour councils that want to do a lot of development, in his ear all about that. Uh, but of course, things have shifted in terms of the Labour Party mood, and lo and behold, we're now saying that well, we really ought to have them. Um, are they the best way of determining what the community, however we define the community, wants? I think people on the left are quite keen on them because uh, I think they think they can win them. They can win ballots to say no. And that's because often the people, a bit like the EU ballot, the people who are most against are the most mobilised. But what we tend not to hear from so much are the people who think, actually, I've got my uh, teenage son and his big feet, you know, or my 25-year-old son with his big feet sleeping on the sofa. I don't like the neighbours. The walls are thin and that damp problem has never been cured. You want to build me a new home? When do you start? You know, you don't hear from those people. They don't form an opposition group and put in a phone call to the Guardian. They sit tight and hope for the best. So how do you find what the true mood of the community on an estate and the people living round about who've got an interest in this as well? The right way to measure that and find out what it is, I think it's a really big problem, but it needs some creative thinking if there's going to be uh, some way of getting getting the public to see how change, regeneration, to use the boo word, can actually be of benefit to them. 
And this is, so you're, you, so you're, uh, are you saying that you don't think a ballot is the right way to go? Well, I think that it uh, seems a bit of a, a kind of a, a black and white uh, way to treat what's essentially a very nuanced and, and emotive. Well, because I think um, it's an iterative process. Um, you know, you, you, you talk to, uh, have workshops with people about what's wrong in the area, and then you come up with solutions, and then they get involved in that, and then you evolve the design along with them. That's where you get the, the more successful things. But this that, that idea of, a bla- of like, vote for this or vote for that. Is... When do you hold the ballot? Do you hold yeah. it at the yeah. planning stage? Yeah. Or when the first... You know, these After it's built? Big projects can take <laughs> but, 20 but isn't, years. Isn't, you know, is, the isn't, people who vote in the first place might have gone anyway. But isn't know? the problem, Dave Hill, that, 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 that if you've lived in a property for 20-odd years... You, you, you actually you don't give a stuff that loads of people can't live in the area because you're quite happy in your house that you're you might be on a protected tenancy on you're not paying as much rent as you could be and actually if they come in and build 300 more homes you're going to be worse off so why should you vote for it well and is yeah. that not well that's that you might call that nimbyism but my point is that in any of these in any of these scenarios and every one is different you know earl's court one uh, which uh, I think we mentioned earlier. To me, that's always been a bad scheme. To me, the residents on the estates involved in that enormous scheme have always been rather badly treated. I'm not surprised a lot of them are fed up. And lo and behold, the whole thing looks rather becalmed now. I mean, that's to do with the wider property market rather than uh, as much as any opposition. But, you know, that's part of the story. There are other schemes where it can work well. Now, we've got to find a way of squaring these circles and uh, making for people who, who are fearful of change of that type, especially if it's a house they've lived in for 10, 20 years that they really love being knocked down, you've got to try and be able to say to them, there is something good in this for you and maybe for your children and other people you know in the neighbourhood. Uh, and, and you can play a part in making this happen. And how you do that, I think, is a, is a, is a subtle skill and perhaps... Uh, uh, you know, a, a ballot is not a very subtle way of deciding these things. Although I can understand the arguments for, for in favour of them as well. Hmm. I mean, just to, to wrap things up, then Russell Pedley, if if not a ballot, then what? I mean, we're looking at a Labour landslide in London, and Dave has his on London borough guide, which you'll be able to. Uh, get your hands on in the next couple of weeks but until that point um, many are expecting a a, a red mist across London how will a sales clients and and, and your team of architects how will you be approaching big estates and estate renewal schemes in in a way that in a way Dave Hill describes in a way that you you know you can you can show people the light so to speak what 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 are you going to be doing well by by working with the communities and working in workshops design workshops not just with the experts we're, we're used to doing that and that's been a problem but actually combining the experts with people who are actually the experts which is the local people uh, and uh, the communities that are already there because they will have a whole long list of things that they want to see um, and then finding a solutions a series of solutions creating new communities innovative communities you know whether it's um, child care nurseries working with dementia care um, you know those combinations there um, you know new different types of communities coming out of it um, but but driven by the fact that it's based on experience of people actually living in there and it, and it isn't easy it isn't easy 
Well, there we go. I don't think there's any clear solution there, but thank you very much, Russell Pedley from Asale Architecture and Dave Hill from On London.